I grew up in a mainline denomination. Now, my parents were part of a renewal dynamic within the mainline denomination, so that helped me to understand there were some differences between the way, uh, shall we say, conservatives did things and liberals did things. Uh, the liberals were always interested in things like social justice or social action or compassionate ministry. The conservatives, the evangelicals, so to speak, they were more interested in gospel proclamation and things like evangelism. And so I grew up with this bifurcation in my life until I started reading the Gospels. And I noticed that Jesus seemed to do both. The Gospel declaration, obviously, the good news, but also reached out in compassion to other people. Then I started reading John Wesley and noticed that pretty much he did the same thing. He connected evangelism and compassionate ministry together. William and Catherine Booth did this. B.T. Roberts of the Free Methodist did this. Phineas Brzee of the Nazarenes did this. So I began to think maybe this is something I ought to be doing in my ministry. It was E. Stanley Jones that said, Social action without evangelism is like a body without a soul. Evangelism without social action is like a soul without a body. One is a ghost and the other is a corpse. <laughs> we don't want either one. And so how can we put these things together? And it's the question I ask myself in my local church. And so we began understanding uh, the context in which I had been placed in my life. Not only had I been raised with parents like that, but I had some pretty neat opportunities as I was coming up through my life to be with men like Dr. Robert Coleman, who used to take uh, a bunch of students to the bus station in Lexington, and he'd set us down there, and he'd preach the gospel, but also try to meet the needs of the people who were there. Some of them drug addicts, some of them addicted to alcohol, some of them the prostitutes. And I thought to myself, this can happen in a ministry. And so began my local church thinking, let's try to put evangelism and compassionate ministry together. And so we did, and we have, and we are. And it's working out, I think, marvelously. Always could be better, and probably if it's not working as good as it should, it'd be the pastor's fault, which would be me. But having said all that, I think there are some keys to making it work. Number one, the pastor has got to lead. He's got to go. I remember Tom Peters wrote these great leadership books, looking at corporate America and finding out why do some of these corporations really work. And he began coming up with something he called MBWA, Management by Walking Around. In other words, get outside your office and go do something. And so we began talking about this as PBWA, Pastoring by Walking Around. Let's get outside the four walls of the church and let's get with the people that Jesus would be with if he were here today. And that would be the margins of the culture, the misfits, uh, the, the lepers, it would be the, the prisoners, it would be those who have been sexually abused, and on and on it could go. Let's get outside of the four walls of this church and try to make things happen, and the pastor needs to go first. Then I think we need to make sure that in our churches we have a lot of, uh, I call them going mantras. Uh, I think our mission statement ought to be read regular. In fact, we try to read it every week at our church where we're reading this mission statement, but the mission statement is basically get excited about Jesus and be released for ministry. We also put up there what we call the, uh, the habits of a day springer. Day springer is the name of my church. So the habits of a day springer, which has a number of means of grace, but one of them is an internal ministry as well as an external ministry. Let's make sure we're going out to the people outside of the four walls of this church. I think the pastor needs to be preaching the gospel, but when you do, you're going to have a tough time making evangelism over here and compassion over here in two different camps. We need to figure out ways to put them together like Jesus did, and if we're really preaching the gospel, it won't be that hard of a thing to do. We need to find a couple of venues that need us outside of the four walls of this church. I remember when we planted our church 16 years ago, 
I had for years had a column in a radio show where I said that if the pastor would get up and lead out to the abortion clinic to simply pray and be a loving presence outside those abortion clinics, uh, we would be able to end abortion immediately in our community and really uh, around this nation. And so we planted a church and someone walked up to me and said, you know, you've been saying this for years. When are we going to start the abortion clinic ministry here in this church? When are you going to go out and lead us? And I've been talking about it for years. I've been talking about social justice, social action. I've been talking about compassionate ministry for years, but I'd never actually gone myself. Basically, I was a hypocrite. That day, that changed. And so we found a couple of venues that we thought were pretty necessary. We went out to the abortion clinic to be sure, but we also started going out to the prison. And since that time, people have felt released to say, and I feel like now I have a call to go over here and start a Bible club in a public school. I feel pastor like I have a call to go over here to the nursing home. But the pastor's got to be involved, find a couple venues, and then watch those flourish across several months, several years of time. I think you need to go and minister as well as invite. And uh, what we've noticed just recently is we've had a tough time at the prison baptizing them because they got no water there to baptize. And then we start thinking, wait a minute, they do have <laughs> they do have water here. Go ahead and put it in a jug and start baptizing men. But we've decided we're out there ministering to their needs, trying to help the families, praying for them. Is there any way we could lead them to Christ at the same time? And the answer to that is yes. Evangelism and compassionate ministry can indeed go together. When people start going out to serve, we've noticed it's a real helpful thing if we help them to celebrate their service. In other words, they're out there doing a great job with this Bible club. Let's give them a t-shirt, throw our arm around them, say a prayer to the Lord, and have everyone stand up and give them a standing ovation because of their efforts out the Bible club. Things like that. Celebrate service. Find a way to lift these people up and their Savior, obviously, and say, thank you for what Jesus is doing through you. Thank you for taking a step forward to be counted. By the way, speaking about counting, in our church we never tell people how many people are coming. We never tell how many people or, or the amount of money that's being given. What we tell them is these are our list of ministries every week during announcement time. These are our list of ministries. These are the number of people we have going to those ministries and these are the people, the number of people that we have blessed this week. Jesus is blessed through our ministry and it's a wonderful thing to be able to say Whatever it is you are counting, you're pretty much celebrating. Whatever it is you're celebrating, celebrating is proliferating. So we say, why not count service in the church and compassionate ministry in a church? We've always wanted a church that was core ex curvatus ad alias, which means a heart curved out to other people. To do that, it's best to put together evangelism and compassionate ministry. Mm -hmm.